0: Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of the short podcast series on cull dairy cattle in Canada. My name's Stephen Roach, and I'll be your host for this series. I'm an animal health research consultant, and I work for a group called Acer Consulting. My team and I have been brought in to work with the Dairy Farmers of Canada to develop what we're calling the Cull Dairy Cattle Education Project. The focus of this project is to really respond to the industry need to improve cull-cow management, plain and simple. Our team is developing a toolkit or a series of educational tools and resources that we're aiming to educate Canadian dairy producers on how to best manage culled dairy cattle on their farms. This short podcast series reviews the management of culled dairy cows from a variety of perspectives. We're going to touch on producer, veterinarian, researcher, and government perspectives. Our hope is that each conversation will provide producers with some useful information they can take home and apply on their farm. Our next discussion takes place with three members from the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs, or OMAFRA Mike Draper, Corey Campbell, and Dr. Cynthia Miltenberg. I sat down with these three to get a little bit of an understanding from their perspectives at OMAFRA, from the ministry. What are the top three biggest issues they see in cull cows coming through sales barns? What are the ramifications of transporting an animal that's unfit? And is the industry making progress around shipping compromised animals? So. Let's jump in. Awesome. So i um, excited to have a, a good group around the table today to talk uh, sort of uh, a couple of different perspectives on cull cows in Canada uh, with a specific focus on Ontario here as we've got some representatives from the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs. So why don't we just start it off with a quick roundtable. Who are we um, and what's your specific role with OMAFRA? And Cynthia, maybe we'll just get you to start.
1: Thanks. Uh, my name is Cynthia Miltenberg. I'm a lead veterinarian of animal health and welfare at OMAFRA with the focus on cattle
2: health and welfare in particular. Great, welcome. I'm Mike Draper, I'm the Livestock Community Sales Coordinator with OMAFRA and we I coordinate inspection and regulatory standards at the auctions here in Ontario.
3: I'm Corey Campbell, uh, Animal Health and Welfare Officer with OMAFRA. Uh, my main role with OMAFRA is conducting animal health inspections at the livestock auctions throughout the province.
0: Steve Roach, one of the facilitators today from Acer Consulting working uh, on the Cull Cow Education Project.
4: I'm Dan Schock. I'm a vet and I work with Steve at Acer.
0: Awesome. So, um, you know, today in in this project that we're working on with the Dairy Farmers of Canada is all about um, trying to address the health and welfare of of cull cows and and help producers, veterinarians and everyone in the industry sort of um, make better or make informed decisions about shipping animals and and, uh, ensuring that they get from A to B to potentially C and D um, you know, as healthy uh, as possible. Um, and so from your perspective, we're kind of interested in, in hearing, you know, why are cull cows such an important issue for the Canadian dairy industry today?
2: We're certainly all interested, farmers and uh, producers, um, the government and everybody else in the welfare of cows, of course, and uh, transport. Um, there's a number of transport risks when you uh, transport cull cows. Um that're a little more fragile than other animals. And society expects this. We society uh, wants good welfare throughout the uh, the livestock marketing system, from uh, farming to uh, auctions and transport right to the slaughter plant. So there's that expectation, of course. Um, and the dairy dairy industry, I think, expects this. we we, we all expect um, consumers expect that we're, we're drinking milk from healthy animals and that those healthy animals go on to, uh, through the slaughter chain. Um, coal cows themselves have some risks. Um, some of these cows are lame, of course. Others have metabolic or health disorders. And uh, some of them haven't been out of tie stalls for some time. So we have to take those things into consideration. And I don't think farmers realize uh, the whole livestock marketing system. What happens to my cow when it leaves the farm? That's uh, really not widely understood by a lot of dairy producers. And I think once they understand that, they might make different decisions.
0: That bit's interesting to me uh, in particular is so, you know, from the three of you have some unique perspectives uh, on this. What does the marketing system look like? You know, so the cow leaves the farm. What, what are the potential options? I know there's a lot, but but what are some of the main routes that they go through?
3: Well, a cow, once she leaves leaves the farm for auction, uh, I believe a lot of producers feel that she'll be slaughtered that day, right? and which isn't the case majority of the time. Uh, once a cow arrives at auction, she will be inspected by uh, an inspector or veterinarian to make sure she's fit to be sold to enter the food chain. After that, once she's sold, she may go on a truck that day to go to a local slaughter plant within an hour or two, or she could be put on a truck to go to as far as Green Bay, which is 12 to 14 hours, which is from a cow that's been tied up for quite some time that's that can be quite hard on them right um also they could stay at the sales barn for four or five or six days after they've been sold until they can get on a truck so if there's a a cow and heavy lactation that can be hard on her as well so a lot of people i believe think that their their animals will be slaughtered that day or the next day which isn't always possible
2: it's a spider web not all cows that are sold at one sale go for slaughter they are purchased by livestock dealers to be sold at another auction later on so um there's no direct marketing route there could be all sorts of possibilities and producers need to think about that when they're loading that cow can she withstand that that up to nine days in transit quite honestly before she's slaughtered it's uh there's no direct route where she just gets on the truck and is slaughtered within a few hours once she, she goes through that auction ring she may go a variety of places and it may take some time
0: what do you think Cynthia
1: yeah I think that's that's true you know there's there's a bunch of different routes that that could happen here and on the high end of these journeys they might be seven or ten days from the time the cow leaves the farm until she does reach her final destination of a of an abattoir so it's 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 quite variable um and and we all need to be thinking about that as a possibility right from the beginning.
0: Maybe um it's I, something that that maybe some producers might benefit from knowing um, and looking specifically at the vets in the room here. uh, What specific conditions are we concerned about? You know, when maybe let's start with when they arrive at a sales auction, for for example, what are some of the common conditions we're seeing and, and what are we most concerned about?
1: Well, we're really concerned about any condition that's going to make the cow unfit for food to, to enter the um, system, but also um, that's going to reduce her ability to handle the rest of the journey that's ahead of her. So some portions of that would include an assessment around her mobility. So whether she has um, lameness and she's able to or she's not able to bear weight or something like that, or is showing signs of pain as she's um, moving, that's a big concern. Also concerned about body condition of the cow, so if she's too thin, that can affect her ability to withstand the rest of the of the journey and might be associated with some other health conditions. And then just what I kind of put in a category of general health health concerns, and that that... That covers a lot of different things, but everything from um, mastitis or you know, something that can become more systemically ill, uh, conditions around such as like having a displaced abomasum or a twisted stomach—you might think of it that way—and um, it's kind of the things that come with that, like being dehydrated. You know, there's there's a lot of pressure still on that animal to. Um, <clears throat> in the coming days for transport. So if they have those conditions, their ability to withstand the rest of that journey is, is definitely diminished and that's, that's a big concern for, for us and the inspectors will be assessing for those conditions when the cow arrives.
4: So I just wanted to circle back with something that Mike said. I agree with everything that Cynthia said too, but you mentioned, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording here uh tie stall cows and having them familiar and getting them out and walking so and Corey, you mentioned that too do you want to elaborate on you know what are some of the concerns with cows that
3: spend a lot of their life in tie stalls when they're being shipped? yeah absolutely uh so these auction barns or even assembly yards whatever we're talking about the floors aren't always as good a condition as they would be on your farm there a lot of them were grooved or maybe 10-15 years ago but after continuous cleaning become quite slippery um and if these cows are not comfortable or haven't had a lot of exercise or move much, coming into a barn, which is high stress environment, you know, overcrowded at times, depending on the volume um, and they're being moved around at different rates that they're used to, it can be very dangerous for them, you know, slipping and splaying um, injuries. Yeah.
2: And they have to maneuver up and down ramps, you know, onto trucks and, uh, and being jostled around by other cows which they're not used to so since they're in a tie stall usually and their feet are a little different a little harder not as uh, soft as the freestyle cows so um just causes even more slippage so really getting those cows out and exercising them if possible for a few days prior to shipment is a certainly a good idea
1: and the duration of time that those cows will stand for in the mm-hmm. process of moving is a lot greater than they would be standing probably typically in um, in the home farm environment. So that's another stress mm-hmm. on them. Whether they're moving at that moment or not, they are standing for a much longer time.
0: When cows get to sale, get to auction, uh, or even an abattoir, who's on the other side? I think that's often a question, you know, chatting with, with producers. Um, you know, one, one is where do they go, that the other is who's handling them, who's assessing them. In Ontario, that might be a little bit more unique. Can you guys speak to that a little bit?
2: Sure. So here in Ontario, it's, a little, I can't speak for the other provinces, but so we have professional animal health and welfare officers who are are trained, uh, trained by the ministry. And we have veterinarians at our sales facilities um, who are large animal veterinarians that are under contract with the ministry. So they see cattle every day of their life. And uh, those are the, the professionals that assess these animals. Uh, we also have sales barn staff that identify animals that are abnormal and put them in segregation pens for further inspection by our own staff or by a veterinarian. Uh, at our abattoirs, we have uh, meat inspectors, so meat hygiene officers, um, who are also trained and inspect these animals, as well as uh, contract veterinarians, so veterinary inspectors that, again, work and our large animal veterinarians that will come in and look at animals that are abnormal or diseased. So it's it's really a, a bunch of professionals that are trained in bovine health that are be looking at these we we've often heard saying oh the inspector doesn't know what he's talking about but you know, we see this every day and i think the farmers may not understand that the stress of transport will make that cow look much worse when we see them then for example when they're at home so for lameness for example but Cow that has a mild lameness at home on a manure pack. She's loaded on a bumpy trailer and uh, then unloaded at a livestock auction, reloaded onto a, another truck, and then finally at an abattoir. She'll look much more like Just the pain involved in the, in the But It's all professionals that have uh, been doing this for a number of years and have a lot of training to identify a disease and abnormality battle and other lives. Anything to add, Dan? Do you have some experience
0: kind of on that side of things?
4: Well, uh, not not necessarily. I just had another question for you guys and I'll throw it out to the group here. So this kind of follows with the handling. I know that some of the sale I've worked on have the ability to milk cows a little bit. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk to, what's a producer to do if they want to call a cow that's in Mm mid-lactation and she's producing a lot of milk?
2: I would dry her off at home. Quite honestly, if you think of this cow, maybe in the marketing system for 10 days, um, then certainly it's better to dry her off at home than at an auction market where, where she's in an unfamiliar surroundings, where it's got a floor that's probably has all sorts of bacteria that she's not used to living and she's likely to get a mastitis. So ideally, she could be dried off at home and then shipped in many cases. And that's, it's really what what we would prefer is dry off at home. Uh, that's a, a much better choice for the animal. In some cases, it's not not they don't think it's feasible, and that's where you may consider taking an animal directly from the home farm to a local slaughter plant to have slaughtered that day or the next morning. That would be a more reasonable approach if um, for some of those cows that are in heavy lactation, versus um, shipping her to a livestock auction.
1: I think the expectation that she might be milked after she leaves the farm it shouldn't be there for the most part that's that's not going to happen and so um, that decision should be happening at the farm level in order for her to have good welfare and we know that that's that's really uncomfortable for cattle to mm-hmm. to to not be um, milked when they are producing quite a bit like that and so it, it's really important that that happens before she goes
2: mm-hmm. the the milking stations at the auction markets are really for not designed for that purpose on slaughter cattle, but for for dairy sales and and even that there's you know risks of mastitis and such, and you're opening that teeth back up to expose to other bacteria, so it's just not a good option. It's drier off. At home.
3: And I th- and just to add to that, if a producer does have a, an animal that they do feel is slightly compromised or in lactation that they know should not sit around at the sale for multiple days, the option to send direct through the sales barn, it's a possibility, but I would suggest they call the sales barn ahead to let them know they have animals that they would like to go direct the next day and let the staff know when the animal arrives that this we would like this animal to go direct, which is, is very possible at most sales throughout the province.
2: Now in other provinces that's a system of sending animals directly to slaughter from auction markets really isn't set up the way it is on Ontario. So producers need to to have that kind of a action plan in place prior to Marketing account. So find out their local abattoir. Does she accept, does that plant accept co cows? What data does it accept co cows? Can it go? Sometimes it may be for only as a custom slaughter where you get the hamburger back, which many times is easy to market, but um, they need to have that plan in place before the event happens. Talk to the local abattoirs, talk to the auction market. um, Understand from your local area where cows are marketed. So for example, we in Ontario get cows from eastern Canada every day at our auctions. We have, we have loads coming from Prince Edward Island we have loads from Nova Scotia and we have cows from Quebec all the time. We also have cows going as far away as Alberta on occasion for slaughter. So producers really need to understand what their local whatever province they're in, what their local marketing system is and understand uh, where their cows are going.
0: And some of the, I guess to, to... I guess chime in with an example, and that's not Ontario too. Some of the more recent research is showing cows from BC. I mean, 90% of them are not being slaughtered in BC, right? So they're being shipped and many are going to the States. Many more are going to Alberta and other provinces. So there's a lot of movement of animals.
2: And that's a long haul over the mountains. If you've ever done that drive, they have to balance on all four of those legs. And there's, there's not a great suspension system in those trucks. So that takes a lot of uh good balance and a healthy cow to be able to balance like that Now not fall on others and one falls down then multiple fall down and then be a real disaster so they have to be strong enough to do that
3: and i guess in, when you come down to strength and energy i think a lot of people need to realize you know the diet that they're the ration that the cow is familiar with on farm once it leaves the farm it's not going to receive that ever again you know the auctions are required to provide feed and water but it doesn't nothing in the regulation talks about the quality feed right so then you know if a cow has to sit at the sales barn for three or four days on just hay and then get on a truck in the middle of february for another 12 or 15 hours you know very hard on her as well
0: that's a good point actually and i think you you all have hit on a few things where i think there's some assumptions or at least some some maybe knowledge gaps among farmers when you hear them go wow she can actually be in transit for that long or in the system for that long before getting shipped or like dan's question about you know should she be dried off ahead of time? That assumption that, you know, if she is in peak lactation, she can be milked at some point. Are there other sort of areas you think are, you know, maybe I don't want to say myths, but like common assumptions that that may maybe aren't right about the marketing system and, and the, the rigors of the road, so to speak? I,
2: I think sometimes the people assume the inspectors will notice it or make the decision or you know, we're there as a screening tool, but we're not going to catch everything that needs to go back to the farmer. That's the assumption. It'll be fine or the meat inspector will notice it or the or the uh animal health inspector or the veterinarian where that's many times a myth. That, you know, you're the they're the frontline decision makers about that cow for food safety and animal welfare. And we don't have a history. We yeah we don't have all that information in front of us. So it really goes back to the farmers. Don't think oh the inspector will take care of it. That's I often hear that and we didn't notice it. We didn't catch it. She wasn't dehydrated enough to notice. They were crowded, so don't assume somebody else in that marketing chain is going to take responsibility and for for that problem. Be the problem solving yourself on the farm.
4: You touched on a good point there, Mike, on being the first line for decision making, and we also discussed briefly, you know, the options for direct to slaughter. And Cynthia, you you outlined, you know, why some of the reasons that we wouldn't want to ship an animal. So what I'm say i'm a farmer and i'm on farm looking at a cow what's going through my mind with uh you know how i decide who goes where like who goes to auction versus who can go direct to slaughter versus who should i
2: keep on the farm or euthanize well it's uh having a conversation with your veterinarian is a good idea and there are guidelines so um there's guidelines here in ontario such as documents caring for compromised cattle there are also uh there's a decision tree within the, the Code of Practice for, for dairy that talks about that. And there are federal regulations and documents like the Compromised Animal Policy. And soon, um, as of next February, there'll be uh, specific conditions listed out in federal regulations that you can't transport, or you can only transport to local slaughter. But many times, uh, I'm a beef producer myself, and you ask, can she withstand that journey? And Do I want to... If the answer is no, can she withstand 10 days? Then I'm not going to put her on her truck to auction. And, you know, is she fit for food? If the answer is no, or would I want to eat it? And the it. answer That's is no, yeah. <laughs> then I'm not, I'm not going to ship her. And, and then it's, okay, she has a health condition. Is it treatable? Should I euthanize it? Is it something that can go locally? You know, can I book her in next week? If she's an old arthritic cow, can I make that decision? Because I know she can withstand that trip. Um, you really have to think about that ten days. I don't think that she. Oh, I'm hoping she'll go for slaughter tomorrow. Um, many producers make that mistake with displacements. So the cow has a left displaced abomasum, and she looks okay. She's not dehydrated, so we'll get her off firm now. she will get her to slaughter. But she she rapidly deteriorates during that ten day time frame, um, either staying at the auction or getting on a truck going to the U.S. But I think, you know, she fit to, for that 10 days? And is she fit for food? If the answer is no to either of those questions, then don't ship her. And it, does she have a systemic illness? It's the same as being, she has a systemic illness, so a fever or gangrenous mastitis or anything else that makes her acutely ill, then don't put her on a truck.
3: Right. And I think just to add to that, if and it's, I think it's human nature, abnormal, if you see something all the time, abnormal becomes normal. And I think if anybody ever questions whether, uh, gee, I'm not sure if I should put that cow on a trailer, consult your veterinarian. Right? Ask the hard questions. You know, don't be afraid to ask, because they're there to help you, right? And and if you don't think she's fit, get a second opinion, right? Or just don't trip her.
1: Mm-hmm. I think doing a really thorough exam um, right before the cow leaves is important. Sometimes we might make a decision a couple of days ahead that she's going to go this week on Wednesday and Wednesday rolls around and things have maybe changed since that decision was Mm -hmm. come to on Monday. And so we really need to um, meet right before that cow goes, like check in again, do all those steps of that piece, including... You know, having her walk out of the stall on concrete where you can see how she's moving and, um, and checking if she has a fever and, and really going through those pieces systematically so you don't miss anything. Does she have mastitis? You know, checking a, a really thoroughly that exam because it is easy to say it was fine on Monday and things have, you know, changed since then. And so um, it's a bit more than just checking if she's free of drug residues. It's, it's about checking her health mm-hmm. as well and her ability to stand that trip
0: mm-hmm. nowadays more and more it seems that you know getting a, a vet advice at least you know with technology maybe it's a text at least to just get a, a second opinion or anything like that, or a, a picture and things like that I mean it's not obviously that's not the the full exam that might be able to provide the sort of the conclusive advice on but you know at least having that discussion may may help things you know when when you are unsure for sure
4: for me, it's always been about trust, you know i'm going to pre- train my producers you know things to look for and so if we can have a good conversation on the phone you know every once in a while for some of those difficult ones that's it's a good thing right yep. so yeah
0: are there any other um sort of big pieces of advice or or information you feel producers should know or vets for that matter other uh, you know members of the industry on how we sort of tackle this issue how we improve that sort of decision that first decision to ship her and then as she goes through the system what what can we do as an industry collectively to try and improve um well call cow health and welfare
1: I think as much as possible, we want to avoid the situation of being an emergency culling. So whenever we become making a proactive culling decisions, um, that that will improve how how we our decision and where we can send cattle. And when we are forced to make a decision when a cow is already compromised, then uh, we're we're in a tough spot to begin with. So. As Mike had referred to, already knowing your marketing outlets for those animals is really important to to when when an emergency situation does come up, you can um, send that cow to the right place. um, Is one big thing for me.
3: Yeah, and I think just being confident that you're sending an animal that to the auction or anywhere that on a truck, there's the consumer has concern and wants to know where their food is coming from more than ever now. Um, so if you have an animal that you don't feel you would want somebody taking a video or a picture of, because everybody has a cell phone any anymore. Anybody can take a video. If, if you would be embarrassed or ashamed to have a photo or a video of your animal on the in the media, think twice before you send it.
2: Well, it's, uh, I'd encourage producers, if they're selling to others off the farm, to think, so livestock dealers or others, to to get some assurances where those cows are going as well. Um uh, sometimes it's you no know, he bought it on the farm, so it's I'm good. I it's his problem now. But still it's the dairy industry's problem, these cows. We want to ensure that livestock dealers, because a lot of people in the, the middle there are doing things in the appropriate way as well. So if you're selling to a livestock dealer or other other party across Canada that then will dispose of your cow. You you should still be asking the hard questions on where those cows are going, how are they going to be handled, how long is it before their slaughter? Don't just um, don't just assume, or out of sight, out of mind. So, if you're working with others to to dispose of your cattle, then you should be asking those people those hard questions as well. That's great. Well,
0: I think on that note, maybe it's a good time to wrap up. I really appreciate your thoughts and your advice and, and some of your comments here. We'll be sure to share this on with uh, producers within Ontario and, and across Canada. I think it's valuable information. We're keen to get it out there. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the Dairy Farmers of Canada's ProAction podcast series. The focus of this project is to try and help Canadian dairy producers make informed decisions about animal care on their farms and support them in striving for continuous improvement. For more information, please visit the Dairy Farmer of Canada website, dairyfarmers.ca, and don't forget to like and subscribe for more content. This podcast was narrated, edited, and produced by me, Stephen Roach. Thank you to our guests and to you for listening. The project is hosted by the Dairy Farmers of Canada and partly funded by the Canadian Agricultural Partnership, a five-year federal-provincial-territorial initiative. Thank you for listening.